Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey everyone, and welcome to the new and improved Red Carpet Rendezvous, the Lauren Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, so I am expanding my portfolio, portfolio, excuse me here, and um, I have an amazing guest today that I'm very excited about because it's outside my comfort zone. Um, most of you guys know me as being an entertainment expert. I know a little bit about politics, a little bit about news. I know absolutely jack shit about sports, literally jack shit. Um, and I've also been accused of having daddy issues, even though me and my dad are super close and I don't have daddy issues because I think. 60-year-old men are hot. Um, I went on the radio talking about how I think Frank Stallone is super hot. Not ashamed of that. And now I've got Ron Duguay. I mean, one of the best hockey players in the NHL, best known for playing on the New York Rangers. He was an announcer at MSG for many years. And honestly, he was one of the hottest guys in the 70s and 80s. Like, basically, he was known as a sex symbol over being a hockey player at certain points in his life. Now, I'm going to shut up and welcome Ron to the podcast. So, Ron, thanks for joining me. Hi, Lauren. Wow, you're making me blush. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sorry, sorry. Was that that a good enough intro for you? Or should I keep going? thanks Thanks for all the kind words. And uh, yeah, being 60, you wonder how you're being accepted. Mm. Although this, the new 60 now, I think, is a new 40, right? The 60 is a new 40. Yes, and I agree. A lot of it has to do with, and this is one thing that I, I share with others, is just um, paying attention and, and trying to slow down the aging process, trying yeah. not to do too many things that speeds up the age process. So people always come to me for advice, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. As far as health tips and that sort of thing. And being an athlete all my life, I still want to be an athlete. I still yeah. want to be, actually, I'm just above 60. I'm 64. Um, and so I still want to be able to compete. I still want to have a certain look. And then the yeah. fact that I'm still single. Oh, do you, you know, hear that, you, ladies? You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> you you want to look a certain way. So, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I started this back like 30 years ago, I didn't want to be all broken down by the time I turned 60. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to play sports. I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to feel a certain way because you see a lot of people don't, don't appear to be happy. A lot of it has to do with how you feel. Mm. And so if you feel well, you project that. And so that's who I am. And uh, thank you for all the nice, kind words. No, you you are welcome. And I cannot believe that you are in way better shape than most men my age. I'm not going to lie. The whole dad bod thing, they are taking that way too literally. Um, you've got it going on, Ron. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't know how you do it. It's like seriously inspiring. And I will say, do you think uh, moving to Florida sort of helped your mindset with the sunshine all the time? And because like, I don't know, I hate Florida personally. Like, don't, I know you didn't invent Florida, so you're not gonna take offense to that. But I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't live there. I couldn't, I couldn't be there. But I am jealous in the winter when you guys have sunshine every day. And we have, yeah, blistering cold. Yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. Mm. I grew up in, I grew up in Canada, I'm Canadian, so I grew up in Canada, my first 20 years of my life, 
And then I ended up in New York playing for the New York Rangers. Yes. And uh, at some point uh, after the season's over, you end up down south. And one of my first locations was Florida. And you realize there's a different feeling. The beach, palm trees, sunshine, uh, heat. Yeah. And once you've experienced that in the wintertime, once you've been through one, because I married a woman, my first wife, she's from California. And I started living in Southern California. Once you experience winters without all the cold, without all the snow, you realize that it does affect your mind. Because when you think about wintertime, when you think about the cold, when you think about the snow and what happens, everything dies, right? Everything, Mm -hmm. it goes from green to brown. You got snow and it's cold. I didn't think about that. You're right. (laughs) But but it's true. And so what do the bears do? Even your soul dies. Even your soul. Yeah. What do, you, what do the bears do? They hibernate. <laughs> and right. so part of wintertime, it's suppressing. It mm. really is. You kind of yeah. go through things uh, tolerating. You kind of tolerate things. Mm-hmm. Unless you really love the winter, you like snowmobiling, you like skiing, you like all those things. Okay, fine. Yeah. But once, you, once you're in, like it's January, February, March, and you're sitting on the beach, as I do, and, and it's, it may only be 60 degrees, mm-hmm. but it, there's a different feeling for it. And so that's why I moved to Florida like over 20 years ago. And I'd been working in New York and in the wintertime, uh, because I get a little overwhelmed, a little stressed being in New York yeah. uh, because of just being in New York. And then I come to Florida, go on the beach and just two days, just two days of relaxing, putting my feet in the sand. It would just, I would just recuperate and just be ready to go. And so, yes, there is a difference. Now, you say you don't quite like Florida. I live across the street from the ocean, so there's a breeze. I don't feel like, I'm not feeling the heat. Like if you're inland, like you're in Orlando, yeah. you're going to feel the heat. But but having said that, in the summertime here, it's hot. But I'll, you'll go to New York, you'll go to different places, and it's 90 there also. No, I, I that's, not, that's not my problem with Florida. My problem with Florida is a lot of, it's just strip malls. I don't like it. I, you know, before I did this, I worked for a company that was based in Florida. I had to go every month, and I, I hate driving. I'm the worst driver. I just, I like to walk. I like to, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's not for everyone, right? Okay, well, here's the thing. Location, location, location. <laughs> It all depends yes. where you end up in Florida. So mm-hmm. where I'm at, uh, near Jacksonville, it's a little resort. Okay. And it's not strip malls. It's golf courses. Okay. It's and, and sidewalks in the beach. You ride your bike. You go to the club. You play tennis. You play golf. So it all depends on where you're going. But yeah, yeah. If you go further south, full of strip malls. Yes, exactly. I was in um, I was like the Boca area, which is great. And actually, we have to go to Boca. We're gonna take our kids to Boca in a few weeks. My husband has some work there, and I'm like, I love it for a weekend. It'll be you know amazing to get out of the city when it's starting to get cold. But I just feel like I don't know. I do like seasons, but when I you know I don't know when in ten years from now, ask me again. I might be so sick of New York. These New Yorkers might have beaten me down so hard that I just have to get out of here. So I've already I've already experienced um, a lot. I feel like in my in my time here. Now, just going back to you, I'm just very interested in 
what the 70s and 80s were like for you as this like crazy sex symbol that just stepped onto the town. I mean, you don't have to exactly tell me, but I'm pretty sure there was a lot of famous women that were throwing themselves at you. Can you tell me maybe, you don't have to tell me if you slept with her or whatever, we don't do that, but like maybe one of the most famous women that you flirted with at a club or, you know, just give me something here. It was exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Oh my God. Well, um, so I ended up in New York in 77. Okay. uh, That summer, 77. Well, I think it was April 77 that Studio 54 opened. Yes. And yeah. And so I just happened to be there as a New York Ranger. And um, if if you had any kind of celebrity title. Yeah. Just go to Studio 54, get in. Right. Now, for me, it made it easy because the doorman, Mark Beneke, was a big Ranger fan. Not Steve Robel. Steve Robel, the owner, the owners weren't big hockey fans. But Mark Beneke at the door was a big Ranger fan. So it was easy. I could just walk up to the door and go into studio. Mm. So, But I'm a young man from Canada. I'm a young Canadian. Hadn't been through a whole lot. I had never been to New York. So I'm a little bit shy. But I like... I like to have fun. Yeah. And so I'm a big believer. I like work, that about you. Work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. And show up at, at work with a happy face and not be stressed. And so I like to dance. I like clubs. Now, I didn't think of Studio 54 as it was back then. I didn't realize how big and grand it was. To mm-hmm. me, it was a club, dancing, women, have a few drinks and just have fun. Well, this is what happened to me. Roger there. <laughs> Roger Bear, who just passed away, legendary Roger Bear, New York Ranger, Mr. Ranger. He was there at the end of his career. So he, he introduced me to everyone. And the person that he introduced me to, who was probably the most famous of them all, mm-hmm. was Andy Warhol. Okay. I'm okay, guessing you so didn't hook and, up with Andy Warhol, though. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, so you, you see behind me? Yes. That's the cover. Oh, Yeah. Of, interview magazine he put me on the cover of interview magazine oh my and so gosh. that once i met andy he kind of introduced me to everyone his whole crew which meant elizabeth taylor liza minnelli um you're partying with them are you serious uh, yeah so i was hanging out with all these people oh my gosh and uh, i can remember the first time i met liza in fact I didn't meet her. I wasn't introduced to her. She actually, I'm standing in, in Studio 54 by the dance floor, minding my own business. Yeah. And I see this woman doing this to me, calling me over. And I'm looking. I said, oh, my God, that's Liza Minnelli. Oh, my God. And so I start, I start walking towards Liza. And I can hear her calling her husband over. She's saying, I can't remember his name. She says, come on over. Come and meet Ron Duguay. I'm like, oh, my God. She knows me. Oh, right? my gosh. And so here I am having, I'm, I'm face to face with Liza Minnelli. I'm yeah. having a brief conversation. I'm shy. And she says, I want you to meet one of my friends. She calls over Cher. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wait, yeah. this is Cher. She's no longer with Sunny at this point, right? She had just broken up with, uh, with the guy from Kiss. Um, oh, okay. Gene, Gene Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Okay. You know why I know that? Why? I ended up back at his place that night. <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were going to tell me you guys had some pillow talk, and she told you. <laughs> well, we we did we did in his place, at but his... he wasn't there. Shut 
up. That is the best yeah, so thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Yeah, what? so I ended up over there because Sherry wanted to get to know me. And she was kind of, she was single. I think she was like 36. I was maybe, I think I was 22, 23. Yeah. Just a, okay. a very young man and somewhat intimidated by Cher. But I wanted to get to know her. So um, I'm just giving you one of many stories. But Andy Warhol was really wow. the guy that because he put me on the cover of his magazine, everyone yeah. everyone wanted to meet me. Even Steven Spielberg wanted to meet me. Wow, I, had, I mean, this is incredible, Ron. I feel like I could sit with you for hours and just listen to your, because like this is what, what you were talking about is why I moved to New York. Not, I mean, not really, but literally one of the reasons I love to go out, I love this life. And I just look back at some of this stuff and these clubs and I wish they existed. And people, yeah. like, were, you know what I mean? These icons, like, Andy, oh, my God, it's incredible. Yeah, so if you look at that time period, there'll never be that time period again. It wasn't just Studio 54, the most famous club in the world. But yeah. what was going on in New York City? When you look at Times Square back then, it was red light district. Yeah. I mean, if you walk through then, what it's like now, completely different. Uh, yeah, I it was sketchy. It was, it was sketchy, really, right? Huh? It was sketchy. It was very sketchy. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't feel danger, mm -hmm. but it was red light district. I mean, there were strip clubs everywhere. And what was going on, what I know now that I didn't quite realize then, what was going on with the police? What was going on with the mafia? Yeah. And a lot of that mafia yeah. was from Canada, from Montreal. Because I, I, I look at some of the documentaries, I'm like, oh my God, I lived through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, but I would walk the streets of Manhattan, didn't feel the danger, but it was a very, very unique time. And I got to spend it in New York, not only yeah. part of Manhattan and the entertainment business, the lifestyle, but I was there as a New York Ranger, as a hockey I mean, player. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was me and a few others, like Bridgie Jackson from the Yankees, some of the guys from the Knicks. Um, and I, I had just, and Joe Namath had just left. Okay. So Joe Namath was Joe Namath. Yeah. But I was kind of, I was tagged. I was on the cover of uh, Forum Magazine, if you look this up. You remember Penthouse? Yeah. Penthouse Magazine had a magazine, a, uh, a um, it was a story type book, which was okay. called Forum. They put okay. me on the cover. And essentially, they were introducing me to the world as, here is son of Joe Namath in Manhattan. Oh, I so, love that. <laughs> so I, I, had, I, had, I had to live up to that. So I mean, you anyway. did a fine job. You really did. It's interesting to hear you also say you were in New York City at one of the dangerous times, but you did not realize because this is, this is how I feel sometimes when, you know, my parents are watching the news and they're telling me all these shootings and, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, anchoring the news half the time and I'm like wow I know this is happening but I'm still living my life like it's not because I don't experience it at all now it's it's funny that's exactly how the 70s and 80s were for some people yeah because the mafia were going at it pretty good yeah and then the police the police were kind of in the middle of all that and right there'd be killings there'd be, there there would be some killings mm. uh, in various restaurants but I I didn't it wasn't the group that I hung out with yeah, and, uh, yeah, I wasn't but, quite aware of it, and I'm not paying attention. I was very focused. 
I was focused on and one this, thing. This is the time, though, that uh, Giuliani was the AG trying to take down. Is this, am I right? Yeah. He came in after, he came in after that. Okay, all right, because he took down most of the mafia for... He did, he did. Yeah, he okay. came in, and that's when things started to change as yeah. far as a lot. There was so much corruption going on mm -hmm. that he started to change things. He did go after the mafia, and, yeah. uh, you know, Times Square started to change. Right. Uh, in fact, he used to come in... I had a restaurant back then on mm. 88 and 2nd. It's called Cronies. He cool. used to come in there and sit in the back room. I didn't know this. I didn't even know him. Oh, wow. He li yeah, he lives up here. I live on that Upper East Side. So that's so yeah. funny. He, wait, so you know him now, though. I assume you do. I don't know. Um, not that well. No, I don't. Because I feel like you guys kind of run in the same, you know, he's I, he's I, a great man. I love him. I, I He gets a lot of know, shit, but. I know his ex-wife, but I don't know uh -huh. him. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to know, or do I? <laughs> or do I? I might. I mean, I have a lot of, like, I think that's the best thing ever that you were a 23-year-old kid and Cher is like, yeah, let's just go back to my ex's house. Like, that's fine. That's like a normal thing. I mean, I'm guessing yeah. he was on tour or something, but were you like, what the hell am I doing? Um, I know, because I, I was at this location and uh, I walk in and there's all these gold records on the wall. And they're not hers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you look like to come back to this? Because I'm just so fascinated by it. I had to come back around to this. So they're not hers. And then you realize, okay, I'm at Gene Simmons' house. She said, I still have the key. <gasps> oh, my God. What'd she have against her own place? Um, I don't know if she had her own place. I think she was in the city at the time. She was going to do, I think she was part of, she was be part of a, a Broadway show. I don't quite remember all the details. Okay. Yeah. It's just that we, I didn't, um, I didn't, we didn't stay together for a long time because I didn't want to uh, be, let's call it boxed in with, or being seen one woman. Because <laughs> I was very young and she yeah. was much older. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of saw each other a little bit here and there, but yeah. nothing got serious. We just, you know, I just, out of curiosity, I was just hanging out. I mean, Ron, like you win, dude. You you literally win. That's the best thing ever. I mean, that's yeah, no, so freaking well, cool. Like you can say that. Some think that uh, me having a friendship with Farrah Fawcett was bigger. Ooh, you know what? I, so I love Farrah. I do love Farrah, but I am I love Cher because to me, Cher is so iconic because she's. Like, what, she yeah. came out with a song, like, three years ago, I feel like. So, but Farrah Fawcett's very, I mean, like, again, my dad had a poster of Farrah Fawcett on his well, wall. So he'd be more impressed. That's, ex <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. Everyone yeah. had a Farrah Fawcett poster. Yes. I actually was with Farrah Fawcett. You there's actually had homemade posters, baby. Yeah, there's a little <laughs> bit of a difference there. <laughs> Oh but my God, sweet, listen to you, listen to you. Sweet, sweet very sweet woman. Very, yeah. very nice, very sweet woman. I met her, uh, I think I was 24, a little bit, I was just a little bit older. Okay. So I was a year, a little more mature when I met her. Yes, um, 24, so, so mature. Let me go back, let me go back to Steven Spielberg, which was yes. So Steven picks up the magazine, Andy Warhol magazine, he reads about it, says, I yeah. got to meet this guy because at the time he was interviewing for the lead role of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And wow. so he was actually, 
and if you know anything about him, he likes to, I mean, he'll use um, an A-list uh, actor, but he also likes to use someone who's mm -hmm. kind of new, unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. He was thinking me that way. He thought he was considering me for the lead role that Harrison okay. Ford got. I can actually see that. I don't know if you can act, but I can actually see you, you got the look. So yeah, I mean, listen, my life is acting. I mean, yeah. I can act. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was an awful laugh of mine, but yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, listen. Every time I step out of my house, it's yeah. like mm -hmm. you know, you're just kind of you know, there's totally. me and then there's me in the public. Although it's kind of the same, but you're still having to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you come out of your comfort zone, but acting, yeah, I kind of, you know, I would be comfortable acting. I've never really taken it up. Yeah, that's so funny um, that you mentioned that about acting every time you step out of your house. Because I get it. When you're a public figure, it's like hard for you to ever have a visible bad mood to somebody because, I mean, that is going to make the paper or that's going to make yeah. whatever. Um, so when you were clubbing and going out and you're playing for the Rangers, did they ever um, have to tell you to sort of calm down? Were you pretty good at the balance of going out and playing or it was, it was fine? Well, let me go back to Joe Namath. Yeah. Sonny, I don't, because you're not a big sports fan. I'm not. <laughs> uh, Joe Namath, when he played for the Jets, wins. Um, and the, I, I believe he was the president of, of the Jets. His name was Sonny okay. Warblin. If you look okay. up Sonny Warblin. He encouraged Joe Namath to be Joe Namath. Essentially, okay. say, be visible. Mm -hmm. Be visible, be noticeable on the field, be great, but go out and have fun. Okay. And so Joe did all that, but you got to be able to back it up. Yeah. So now Sonny Warblin ends up at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. He's my boss. And Wait, he actually, who is that again? Sorry, Sonny Warblin. Sonny Warblin. Okay. Yeah, with a doubly. Okay. W. So, um, so he ends up at Madison Square Garden. He's my boss. Okay. So he brings me, and now he's had you don't name it. Now he's got me. Yeah. And he essentially brings me in and says, Ron, listen, be the best that you can be on the ice. Mm -hmm. You'll become popular, but I also want you to go out and play. Go have fun. Wow. And I'm thinking, wow, the light is green. <laughs> I mean, that's how you fill the stands with people like me. You know what I mean? The non-sports fans. I get that. Where it's like, oh, I think Ron's super hot. I'm going to go watch him play hockey because I was clubbing last night and I saw him. And now I'm going to go, yeah, that's genius. I get it. Well, we're, as athletes, we're not just athletes playing a sport. Mm -hmm. We're entertainers. Yeah. And so I understood that. Supposed to play at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. That audience, those fans... You can do things to get a response out of them. And that's why I tell people, if you're going to step on the ice, step on a field, be noticeable. Yeah. Like if you're going to do it, don't just be regular, be mm. noticeable. There's things that you can do to be noticeable. And so I was very noticeable on the ice. I yeah. was noticeable off the ice. And your what hair, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> big yeah. bunch over here. Um, and so, but I had that balance. You said, did I have the balance? I did have the balance because I, I come from a good family, good parents. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm always careful of not getting in trouble. And being a hockey player, being an athlete, successful athlete, did right. it came first. But I still had many nights where I would show up to practice all banged up. <laughs> <laughs> banged up. 
hugging. It makes me happy to hear that you're like a normal person that that happens. Oh, to yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. There was a few nights. Yeah, there was a few nights where it would be right, right from the after party to the yeah. practice. Oh, my you gosh. You just got to get through it. That's so, crazy. I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for you because um, I love hearing about this where you are a family man and you are incredibly, um, you are grounded. You're a, you're a nice, I don't want to say you're a nice conservative boy, but you are, but you also know how to party. You just don't do hard drugs and you don't have to do hard drugs to party and have a good time, but you're still, t- you know what I mean? But you're still cool. So it's like, yeah. I, I like this. I feel like you're my people, you know? <laughs> we'll, we'll go out, we'll go out one night in New York. Okay, I really, I really get, can't get, wait. Get a hall pass from your husband. We'll go out one night. Are you kidding? I have a hall pass every night. I go out <laughs> literally. I, I'm the boss. Okay, all right, Ron, okay. I'm the boss. I go out. Um, <laughs> no, but I, um, I can't wait. I'm sorry that I missed you last time, but it was so busy with 9/11, and you were doing all these things. But tell me, just to sort of wrap things up, how things ended with you and your partnership at MSG. Because I know that had made some headlines because you had been there for so long as an announcer. And then they kind of left you in the dark a little bit. They they did. It was yeah. 12 years. Yeah. Very, very grateful for those for those 12 years. I have to say that. That's a long because time. There, there, there'd be times I'd be sitting at my desk and we're ready to go live. And I'd have to pinch myself to think, wow, I'm kind of the face and the voice yeah. of the New York Rangers. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I did it for 12 years. Now I had to get past that because I really had, I, I really, it was, it was sometimes it was big on me. Mm-hmm. And when something's big, expectations are high. But after a while, I really felt comfortable because of the feedback I get from the fans. They really appreciated me behind the desk and just being me, being, mm-hmm. being um, credible, being yeah. honest being likable, being colorful. Mm-hmm. And so they love all that. So I felt, you know what? I belong here. And yeah. so I did that for 12 years. And when you say they let you go, well, if you have a boss that doesn't necessarily see it that way, they're going to make changes. Yeah. I don't have a good answer to why they let me go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't give me a good answer. And all I know is towards the end, um, for MSG, like a lot of TV, Mm-hmm. Ratings are down because subscriptions down, right? Mm-hmm. People are streaming. So all of a sudden, I don't know if it had to do with the funding, cash available, how much they wanted to spend on their host and analyst. I don't know if it had anything to do with that. They just didn't give me an answer. And was I sad about it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I loved doing it. But I got 12 years out of it. Would I go back? Absolutely. Um, but I love that. You know, now I work for the New York Post. So I don't know if you don't know this. I work for the New York Post. I actually they, had no idea. Yes. And so I do their podcast. Oh, you do? Yes. For Wait, the New York Jay, Post. Jalen Rose, that one? Or no, a, this is hockey. It's hockey. It's just a straight hockey. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That's so funny. Yeah, strictly hockey. Okay. okay. But they brought me in because I was available. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm hosting. I've never hosted before. Yes. So as you host, mm-hmm. there's a different feeling. I'm always, I'm good at answering questions. You yes. can ask me questions all night long. Easy for me. Right. But all of a sudden you become a host and I actually really enjoy it because you have to formulate questions. You have to yeah. carry a conversation. You have to be interesting. So I've been doing this and I've been working with 
they're beat writers, sports beat writers, hockey. Yeah. And we have guests, and I've been doing that, and that, that's why my studio yes. here, I do a lot of Zoom Isn't things. it so fun, though? I, I really enjoy it, and I, I feel like you are so good at it because you, you are one of those people where it's really unfair that you're good at everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, go away, Ron. You're too good at everything. <laughs> um, I've had an opportunity to try a lot of things. Like I had my own show on Sirius Radio. I did that for yeah. two seasons. So I've done radio. I've done TV. Mm. And I, I never knew when, as a young man, I never thought life after hockey would have been TV. I never thought I'd be doing radio because there is a certain shyness to me. Okay. And you have to... Uh, formulate your thoughts and words and you don't know you don't know what's going to come out of you until you try it I know so now I know that it's it's uh I can do it trust me Ron when you say that I get it you never know what's going to come out of your mouth until it comes out and unfortunately for someone like me it could happen on live air and then that could just knock you off a station so (laughs) yes yeah so yeah You get so, anyways, it. I, I I enjoy the I like I like things that are live. Yep. Uh, not too much rehearsed. I like to do live TV, and um, so yeah. um, who knows? Who knows what's next? There's doors that open. Yeah. Doors that close, right? No. You know. Yes. Yes. Doors close, and then around the corner, there's another door. Mm-hmm. And, I love uh, that. I yeah. agree with you. And I, I, I hate saying like everything happens for a reason because I find it so cliche. And if somebody's child dies, I'm not going to say, oh, everything happens for a re-, You know what I mean? It doesn't work in every context. But um, in what you're saying and what's going on in my life right now, I feel like that is, that's, that's, that's very accurate. Everything does happen for a reason. And when one door closes, another one opens. And um, I've just, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to talk to you about this right now. This has been so much fun. So thank you. Yeah, and, and the one thing, and the one thing uh, that is very important, mm. don't burn bridges. Try not to burn any bridges. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice. That's honestly, that's great advice. Now, is there anything else that you want people to know about you in general? In general? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Say anything. Uh, anything you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm single. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I say that because that's a big part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Like your mom, you're married, your kids, you're raising kids. That's yep. your life. Yeah. And so I've been, I was married for about 28 years mm. and now I've been single for eight years. And so, uh, it's been okay, but yeah. now it's, I'm, I want that door to open. <laughs> Yeah. I, I really, I actually enjoy being married. You and do? It, okay. I do, because it helps me to be grounded. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, I kind of sway off into yeah. uh, sometimes partying a little too much or this <laughs> or that too much. And I think my husband would say the same. He, he enjoys being married and having, yeah, he says that all the time. But I get yeah. it. Now, have you, are you on the Raya app at all? The what app? Oh, oh my gosh. I'll, I'll hit you up offline. Raya. It's so Raya is for like, uh, celebrities and just people that maybe make X, Y, you know what I mean? X, Y, Z money who also, uh, will be matched with people that make the same amount. So it's not like a, you know, a weird sugar daddy situation. Um, I'll talk to you about it after. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been funny about those dating places. Uh, Yeah. uh, 
this. Like, I don't have a problem getting a date. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just finding, yeah, after you've been married a couple of times, you really, really know what you want. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of a needle in the haystack for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, well, I'm still going to show you this app afterwards just because why not? It's kind of like you're yeah. going to lose, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so tell me the next time you're coming to New York, I'm going to mark it down. Okay. Well, I don't know that yet. It's, it's kind of up in the air. Okay. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a set date yet. Okay. Fine. Uh, because you know how things are right now with all the restrictions, which I don't want to get into all the COVID restrictions this and that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, well, it's I got, I got loopholes. You got what? I got loopholes. I'm kind yeah. of making a joke. I'm kind of winking. Everyone who's listening, I just winked, but I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's, it's not as uh, much fun being in New York right now. I've been there a few times. Yeah. And so I want things to just kind of die down a little bit and lighten up because mm -hmm. there's a lot of tension in the air Yeah. and for a lot of various reasons. And yeah. uh, so I, I want things to improve a little bit in New York City before I go back. I will go back. But uh, I haven't been back that much. So yeah, yeah, no, I I totally understand. Things are definitely changing, and it's um, I think, gosh, in in a month we'll we'll know where the direction of the city is headed. But I am confident that regardless of who the new mayor is, it will be headed in a better direction. So yeah. um, I am hopeful of that. So anyway, Ron, thank you so much for joining me. Ron Duguay, what a gem of a human being. Um, Ron, where can people follow you on social media? Well, you know, I'm on uh, Instagram, Ron Duguay yep. 10. I'm Ron on, Duguay 10. I do, I, Twitter's the same thing, and I'm on Facebook. So I, I do all three of those. I, okay. Yeah, I, Perfect. I do play around a little bit, and I... You can kind of see my lifestyle on there. Yes, I yeah, love it. I love your family pictures. They are, you have a wonderful, beautiful family. Yes, yeah. Now, my girls live in California. My son lives here with me in Florida. But my girls in California, I have grandkids. And so, yeah, I enjoy family time. But as of right now, things are quiet. I'm home alone. Mm-hmm. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, you can follow Ron at RonDuguet10 on Facebook Instagram or Twitter. And if you would like, you can follow me at Lauren underscore interviews or Conlin underscore Lauren. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next time and I will see you later. Thanks, Ron.